Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. We are asking that your spirit comes tonight and you line everything up with heaven. God, that your anointing would increase in this place now. Lord, that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, which is in us, and it's working right now, and we release your works in this room, hey God, to do whatever you want to do. God, we're asking that even as people on the other side of the world are hungry, God, that you make us hungry like that. Lord, that we have such a rich and a treasure that we can come before you and hear your word. And there's no one like you, Jesus. God, come and amaze us all over again tonight. Just just waste us. Just waste us, God. Where we thought we knew you and we thought we had experienced you before. But it was nothing compared to what you could give us or you will give us. Because anyone who asks for more of your spirit, Lord, you say yes. And you give it. We want more of your spirit tonight, God. We want more of your spirit tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. I want to talk tonight about the anointing, right? In the school of ministry here, we've started uh, uh, the classes up last Wednesday night. And if you're interested, you know, please call the office. It's not too late to jump in. We're going to be covering doctrines, right? Because I feel like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the church right now. And people have become biblically illiterate. I don't know how we can have so much food, but we can be starving in America. And how we have so much biblical knowledge, but we're biblically illiterate. But there's something wrong with that. Maybe God needs to take us to the place like they are in Africa, where we're without, so that we'll have a desire for what we really need. Just saying. Right? Not saying that I'm prophesying that. But um, God disciplines those that he loves. But we're also teaching on um, missions. And in that, I'll be also be covering the life of Christ as, and, and, the, and the whole New Testament this, this next semester or two. So if you're interested in that, end up teaching, come and audit, and then talk to me. It's on Wednesday night, starts at 7 sharp. Prayer's actually at 6.30, and then we start class at 7, right? And there's some books that you need to get, but you can come and audit. And we don't charge anything, so it's your opportunity. Um, the anointing. I'm going to talk about the anointing and, 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 and the value of the anointing and the power and what God's given us. But I can't do that without talking about the opposite of the anointing. So before I get to the anointing part, let me talk about uh, a poverty mindset or spirit of poverty that I believe is just rampant in the church. Which, I, I, you know, it's like in the book of Revelation, they say we're rich. And, and we have all these things, and we don't have need of anything. And the Lord says to them in Revelation chapter 3, to the, the church that was in Laodicea, you know what, you're poor, and you're blind, and you're naked. We're not, they were not clothed with the anointing. They were not clothed with God. They were not seeing what they thought they were seeing, right? They were spiritually blind, like the two guys on the road to Emmaus that are looking at Jesus but can't see him. And, 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 they're, and they think they're rich, 
but really they don't have the treasure they don't have the treasure of God's word and the, the, the unsearchable riches that Paul talks about in Ephesians where God has laid up treasure for us, that God has given us good works, that God wants us to be furnished in every good work so that your spiritual house in heaven has a bunch of furniture and there's money in your bank when you get there, right? But he says, if you knew, you would ask me for salve and you would have your eyes anointed and I would clothe you, Right? And he, and he calls them to repent or to change, to turn, to go in the opposite direction, right? So let me talk about a spirit of poverty. When I'm talking about a spirit of poverty, I'm not just talking about a demon. There's nowhere in the Bible where it talks about a demon called poverty. Except that it does say the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And that God will rebuke the devourer for your sake because somebody's stealing something from you. Right? When you pay your tithes, he rebukes the devourer for your sake. It, it says in the book of Malachi. But I believe more than it being a spiritual demon that we can blame all the time, it's a mindset that we have. It's an attitude that we have. It's a lack of spiritual hunger and spiritual knowing. Repeat. It's not just a demon or a spirit, although I do believe there is a demonic stronghold or structure that wants to steal, kill, and destroy or devour or destroy what God has given you, right? But Matt just saying that the devil cannot take that away from you. Amen? Good stuff, right? That the devil can't change who you are. Only you can change who you are by the power of God. And so I'm not just talking about a demonic structure. I'm also talking about a mindset. Because as a man is in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. And what I declare and what I speak, it comes to me. The power of life and death is in my tongue. So what I think or what I feel, what I believe, the word of God that I understand and I declare over my life is determining what's coming to me or what's not. And I'm not just talking about money. Right? So I want you to hear me tonight as I'm talking about poverty versus anointing. Because we are in a season of revelation and we are in a season of increase. God's government is increasing. How do I know? There's a whole bunch of signs in the heavens and the earth right now. The solstice was just God stretching out his measuring line from the west coast to the east through seven cities named Peace to see if America was going to turn to God. It's an opportunity. God's measuring us. That's what I believe. If you're asking me, I'm telling you. I haven't spoken about it because God didn't speak to me till last week. He woke me up in the early morning. So at least said, you know what I'm doing. In Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the woman who's going to give birth to the child in Israel. And it's talking about 12 stars in her crown. It's talking about her giving birth to Jesus and that a dragon or, the, or Satan himself is going to make war with her. That's Israel. And with those that call themselves Christians. And, and come September, for the first time ever in the history of the world that we know of, 12 stars, right? The nine that are in the Leo constellation or the King constellation that are uh, as above this constellation of the woman, right? Three planets are going to go into that constellation. It'll be 12 stars. First time ever crowning the woman. Ever, right? And you say, I, what does that mean, Lisa? Only thing that I care that it means is this. God is crowning the church. There's an authority and a power that's increasing on the church and on Israel. 
And Isaiah talks about that God's government will never end. It's always increasing. And we should be increasing. But we're not going to increase if we don't have an anointing. We're not even going to ask for the anointing if we have a mindset of poverty. Or that's what we're thinking. And that's what we're feeling. And that's the the whole uh, mindset that we're operating out of. We won't even ask God for more of his spirit. We won't go after the anointing. We won't press into God for more. We won't allow God to make take over more room and more ownership of our body, of our mind, of our lives and our ministry and our nation because we think well this is the way it's always been it can never change you know God doesn't love me he loves them he always does it for you but he never does it for me so I want to talk about before I get to the anointing I want to discuss what what I think or what I see when I'm talking about this poverty mindset you ready here we go Matthew 25 Jesus said is saying the kingdom of heaven is like this right In other words, when my kingdom is on the earth, this is what you're going to see. This man gave three men talents or pieces of money. He gives one five and he gives one two and he gives one one. You know, another uh, uh, gospel, the numbers are a little bit different. But basically, he gives one a lot, one a little bit, and then he gives one guy only one talent. The one guy that has the most goes out and multiplies it. He doubles it and gets, and he gets, you know, the boss comes back and tells him, you did a good job, right? And, and he gives him a blessing, gives him a promotion. The second guy that only had a medium amount, you know what? He went out and he doubles his. And the, and the owner or the master comes and says, wow, you doubled it. This is awesome. You've done a good job. And he blesses him and gives him a reward. But the third guy... Pay attention, right? In, in Matthew 25, the third guy, the, the master comes in and says, hey, what did you do with the talent or what I gave you? And this guy says, well, I, 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 I knew you were a hard man. I, I, I knew you were hard to please. That I couldn't measure up. So, and I was afraid. So I just took your money and I hid it in the ground. And so here, here it is. I give it back to you. And instead of the master saying, wow, at least you didn't lose what I had, right? He says, you're wicked. If you thought I was so hard, why didn't you at least go and put it in the bank and get, and get interest on it? You just stuck it in the ground and hid it. You didn't do anything. And he punishes him. What I want to point out in this story is this, this guy has a poverty mindset, Right? He, he, you know, he, he says, I knew that you were hard. So a spirit of religion is making him second guess what God the Father is really like. God the Father is not some hard, mean taskmaster. He's a father that's trying to teach you how to prosper and how to multiply and how to become like him. So, you know, basically he's mocking him when he says, you think I'm hard? Let me show you what hard really is. I was being a loving father and I was inviting you to come and learn how to, how to be like the kingdom. So he had a spirit of religion. And then he, and then he, and then he says, I was afraid. Instead of, instead of saying, you know, give me another chance or, or, you know, realizing that the father loved him and his master loved him. And even if he lost it like the prodigal son, the master has all the money in the world. It's never really about the money, is it? 
Right? Because the father has all the money in the world. It's not like he needs your money. And so he has a spirit of fear. And then he buries the talent. Because at least if I just hold on to it, you know, if I'm not losing, then I'm winning. Right? He, he diminishes and downsizes God's plan for his life. And we do too. So let's talk about this. If you have a spirit of poverty or a poverty mindset, what is poverty? Is it having no money? No. It's a sense of lack. It's when you sense lack or you feel lack or you think you have lack or you really have lack or something's missing. And it's not just money. It's in all things. If you have a poverty mindset about money, you probably have a poverty mindset about everything in your life. And you could have a poverty mindset and have, and have a bunch of money and still be have a poverty mindset. When you have a poverty mindset, you, you have an identity or self-image that controls the way that, 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 peop, that you think. Right? It's an image that you see about yourself or an identity that you have about yourself that's controlling what you say, what you do. It controls your circumstances, how you interact with other people, how you trust God, how you try to do your ministry. Because you're looking through this lens of poverty. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. God's not, God's not, God's not. She is, she's not. And this system of comparing and contrasting, which is not based on truth, is causing you to make decisions about who you trust, who you love, who you give to, who you receive counsel from. It's controlling your very life. And it's stopping the anointing from causing you to live in a fullness of power and provision in your life. The opposite of anointing is poverty. The opposite of poverty is the fullness. It's the anointing. It's the power. It's the presence of God in your life. God wants you to be filled up with his presence. In his presence, there's a fullness of joy. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. If I have a poverty mindset or spirit, right? I will also allow my identity or my self-image that's wrong to, to, uh, to see circumstances in a certain way. Or to judge things or create another reality that's not real. Or to draw conclusions about what people think about me or what I think about them. If I have a spirit of poverty, I might lack money. But I also might lack a lot of other things. I, I also struggle with the feeling of being lesser or not as good as somebody else. Of never measuring up. I'm not talking about you unless I'm talking about you. I believe that everyone in the church struggles in some area of this. Because when we come into our true identity and we are conformed into the image of the Son and step into our sonship, nothing holds you back. Yeah. 
If something's holding you back, it's because you don't know who you are. Like the Lion King, uh, you know, Mufasa says to his son, you have forgotten who, who, who you are, and so you have forgotten about me. Because my identity comes from my father, right? But if I don't recognize my father and I feel like an orphan, I walk around in a poverty mindset, and the anointing and the power and the presence and the inheritance that the father has for me is way over there, and I'm not accessing it. A poverty mentality causes one to overachieve and underachieve. I have to prove that I'm just as good as everybody else. So I have to win. I'm competitive. I'm comparing. I'm defending. I'm, I'm vengeful. I'm jealous. I'm critical, right? And, or I could be an underachiever. Well, I never win anyway. They'll never pick me. I'll never get a chance. Everybody sings better than me. Everybody talks better than me. You know, every, I'll never, I never, I never. Well, that's not what the anointing does. When I have a poverty mentality, it will prevent me from dreaming. It will prevent me from taking risks. It will prevent me from releasing others, releasing others to speak or to act because I might get jealous they might be better than me and then, I, and then I'm not good enough again. Or I won't give, I won't share, I, 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 won't, I won't think about somebody else or make room for them because I had to fight myself tooth and nail and I have to hold on to my place. That's a poverty mentality. That's not a kingdom mentality. If I have a poverty spirit, I have a fear of loss that will cause me to hold on to things or hoard things. You know, I can't let you borrow my car because what if you wreck it, then I won't have one. I, 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 can't, I, can't, uh, I can't share or give money to that because I need it. Or you don't deserve it because you always get blessed and I never get blessed. And this poverty mindset is controlling how we operate in the church. It's the opposite of being anointed. It's the opposite of sonship. It is the opposite of the presence. Right? It's the opposite of my inheritance. This poverty mentality will cause me to not feel strong, not feel smart enough, not up to the task. So I never try. I always sabotage myself. I give in to the orphan spirit. I give in to resentment, bitterness. I give in to, well, why try? You know, that way if I don't try, then I don't fail. If you don't try, you definitely have already failed. The surest way to fail was not do anything. That's like the guy that just put his, buried his talent in the dirt, and he's the one that got thrown into the fire. Right? It will cause, if I have a poverty mentality, it's difficult for me to give. It's difficult for me to love. How do I know if I can trust you? I only got one heart. I only got one. I already suffered. I'm not going to suffer anymore. I've suffered enough. It's not fair. It will cause me uh, not to be able to receive compliments or give compliments. It will cause me to limit my friendship with you. It will cause me to only have two or three friends. Or it cause me to be jealous if you have more friends than I do. And it will be difficult for me also 
to think about money, pray about money, give money. And when I think about money, I will have a pit in the bottom of my stomach and I'll make all my decisions based on money. That's a poverty mentality. That's a mindset that is not a kingdom mindset. I never have any of the money when I do anything. Trust me. People always tell me, you must have a lot of money. That's why you do what you do. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I have a lot of prayer. I have a lot of faith. Right? If you can handle this, in heaven, they don't use money as a currency. They use tears, faith, and the breath of God. If you have a poverty mindset, you will bury your treasure. Right? You don't want anybody to make fun of you for singing. Or if you speak, they might not receive it. They might make fun of you. They might shut you down. Right? If you have a poverty mentality, it's hard to be thankful or to believe that you're blessed because everybody else is more blessed than you and you're resentful and angry because you're not as blessed as much as you think they're blessed. You know, we have a saying in Native America, maybe you should walk a mile in their moccasins. And if you did, you'd be like, God, please don't bless me like them. And you would like your blessings better, right? When you have a poverty mentality, uh, it affects how you see others. You, you, You see them through the mindset of what's going on in you. You don't really value or see that person as they really are. You're looking at them incorrectly. Or you look at them as a threat. Or you look at them with jealousy. And the Bible says, where's there envy and strife? There's all kinds of evil. And I believe lies about other people. Right? If I have a poverty mindset, it will keep me from receiving what I really need. Think about this. This is a key win right here. Because we need the anointing if we're going to prosper. We need to step into our sonship if we're going to prosper. But if I have a poverty mindset, there might be areas in my life where I genuinely need what someone else has. Maybe I'm not good at working on cars. And this person over here is good at working on cars. They're anointed for cars. And I need the anointing that they have, but because I have a poverty mentality and I don't want them to know that I have a need. I don't want to become vulnerable. I I don't want to access their anointing. I will literally allow the enemy to cut me off from the anointing that I need. Maybe, uh, Maybe someone else is more gifted in the gifts of the Spirit. And you haven't moved in them. But this person really does and they're anointed. But you know what? If I have a poverty mentality, I'd be like, hmm, she thinks she knows everything. You know, if, if I go over there, she'll know that I'm stupid and I'm dumb. And then I won't look anointed. Well, just go on and not move in the gifts of the Spirit then. You'll have your one little anointing, but you'll never grow. And the enemy will come with this mindset that is opposite of the anointing, opposite of the presence and sonship, and cause you to sabotage your own destiny. You won't even reach out to that other person. Instead, you'll be critical. You'll be jealous. You'll give into a spirit of religion and compare and contrast yourself. Well, you know, maybe they speak in tongues more than me, but I am much better at worship. Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message.